and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42, which is the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK. Um, and L... L Fromage, Le Grand Fromage, wasn't L, was it? It was Le. Le Grand Fromage, same letters, wrong way around. Uh, Jace Hunt, um, podcaster extraordinaire, is on, is on screen. Jace, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. <laughs> it's a slightly bizarre intro, but yes, I'm fine. Good. Uh, good. Well, it's a slightly bizarre everything, isn't it? Because it's, it's five to two on a, on, a wet, on a wet Wednesday. Yeah. Um, which I, th- I thought was the thing that you do where you lick your finger and stick it in somebody's ear, but that's a wet willy, isn't it? <laughs> um, on a wet Wednesday, and we're we're topping and tailing, aren't we? We're a topping yeah. and a tailing. Yeah, we haven't done this for quite a few episodes, have we? No, no, no. Which means the one thing we need to do before we even start is remind you all about how grateful we are to our sponsors, Focusrite. Yes, we um, are. Uh, they're, they're, they're just lovely, aren't they? They are. I've um, I've been chatting to Luke on and off for uh, a week or so now because we did the live uh, podcast for the Not the Guitar Show. Not the Guitar Show. And Focusrite very kindly gave uh, two competition prizes. Uh, I've informed one of the winners this morning, um, so they're very happy that they've won. Um, yeah, I mean Focusrite are great. Love them. Mm. They have been, they have been fab. Uh, and to be fair, you know, and we're not just saying this because I mean, most people in the music industry are fab. But um, every time we speak to somebody who's connected with Focusrite, every time we speak to an artist who's connected with Focusrite, they are uh, genuinely blown away by uh, Focusrite as a bunch of people, uh, as you will attest if you've listened to the episode with Misha. Um, Absolutely. Who's... And I have to say, as employers, having been down to Focusrite's offices several times. It's a bit like walking into a mini Google. Is it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Wow. I ought to get down at some point. I've never been. Ah, Come down with me next time I go down. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that. Anyway, back to the reason why we're topping and tailing. Um, We're topping and tailing because you had one of those moments, didn't you? I did. I did. I've had a very weird weird lockdown um, that has been both devastating and absolutely amazing mm. <laughs> so um uh, as, as probably people will possibly know if they've listened to the bruce kulik episode um certainly when i was a teenager i was a massive kiss fan i mean just huge and today even though i don't really listen to them very often anymore i still know every single word of every single song and then uh, so that was just before Christmas. Then just after Christmas, um, Joel McIver, for a previous podcaster, the editor of Bass Player magazine, uh, phoned me up and asked me if I'd like to interview Gene Simmons. Um, and that comes out uh, this month in Bass Player magazine, which was a slightly surreal experience for having Gene Simmons phone me on a Friday night. Uh, and then off the back of that, I ended up on a, a press sort of like mailing list. And um, I just chanced my arm. Paul Stanley's got a new album coming out um, with a new band called Soul Station. And um, I just sent an email and said, can I interview him for 942? And they said yes, which is just mental. 
Um, it wasn't quite as shortcut as that. There was lots of backwards and forwards, lots of can you provide stats, who are your listeners, when will it go out, and, you know, usual stuff. Um, but, yeah, and then I got, a, I got an email that said, are you available at 5 o'clock on Monday? And I'm not going to say no. No. to have been available at five o'clock on Monday. So I said yes. Anyway, it came through and it was actually ten past six. He's Basically, he's doing back-to-back Zoom interviews. Um, I mean, if you look at his social media, he's had like about eight hours a day of back-to-back interviews. But I got this, got this form through that said, um, you've got ten minutes, you've got like ten past six until twenty past six. Um, that's it. You've only got ten minutes. And... Uh, and don't talk about Kiss. He spent 50 years talking about Kiss. He's here to talk about Soul Station, his new project. And actually, um, although the interview with him that we've got is only about uh, 15, just over 15 minutes long, um, I actually got uh, almost 20 minutes with him, which was twice as long as I should have done. And we did briefly talk about Kiss. Um, so yeah, it was really good. It was very odd having probably the reason why I play guitar effectively in my house via a tv screen yeah. it was really weird it's i mean i kind of know a little bit about what you're saying with the with doing the podcast with um steve hogarth because obviously i am you know marillion are are your kiss if if you know yeah. if you know what i mean and i'm exactly the same and I, and I don't listen to the band as much as i used to but the fact is they are that no band will ever replace Marillion that that that's the constant that's the one mm. that just sits there and uh, and it, and it is weird when you're in that situation and you um because what you go back to is <clears throat> how many of those albums did you buy on day of release how many of those tours did you go to how how many times would you have literally given your right arm just to have a conversation with somebody that you end up now you know, starting to have a relationship with, and you don't know this might be that this might be the start of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird because I, you know, I, I love lots and lots of bands, but I can remember where I was and what I was doing the first time I heard Kiss, hmm. and I can't do that with any other band. I was watching um, Entertainment USA with the noted paedophile uh, Jonathan King presenting. Uh, and it was Kiss on the Christian. One of Arch. a group of noted paedophiles, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, they were on the Creatures of the Night tour in the States, and he was interviewing them backstage at some, I don't know, random venue. I'm sure you can find it on uh, YouTube these days. Um, and just being utterly transfixed of the live show. And I, bearing in mind, this is 1982, I'm watching it on a portable TV that's black and white with a 10-inch screen or something. And... Um, Whatever night that was, uh, on the Saturday I went out and I bought the, would it have been? I think it was the I Love It Loud single. Mm. Um, and that was it, really. I was off uh, and and running. So it was really weird. It was really weird when he popped on the screen and just sort of appeared. And he went, uh, and I know you can see this, obviously no, nobody else can. And he went, hey, is that, a, is that a framed picture of Keith Richards behind you? And I, and I kind of moved. So he could see the picture. And he was like, Marshall Amp. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, like, I'd have known you were a guitarist. And I bought my 59 Burst in to show you. And, <laughs> and that was just like the, the the best start. 
really yeah. you know so then i have to explain that 9:42 is uh it's a guitar show um podcast it's about guitars uh, and so we had a bit of a natter about that um but i hadn't pressed record at that point because i had to get he got two handlers with him so when the screen popped up um three images popped up and uh, i think they're there just to check that it's legit or whatever mm-hmm. and then as soon as we started the record and i asked if i could press record um then they the two of them disappeared and and then we started talking mm. um surreal well we'll 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 go straight in so you can you know you can have a listen um and like you say there's about 15 minutes with of uh, which is fairly standard in these scenarios to get sort of that long um you know because i guess 15 minutes worth of questions typed up for the for the page is probably about the length of most kind of articles for this yeah, kind it's of stuff. Page so. of, actually, I mean, I spoke to I spoke to Jean. It was twenty minutes, and I think it ended up being eighteen hundred words. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be about right, isn't it? In terms mm. of with a bit of a, a bit of backfill and what have you. So we'll 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 play it, and then we'll you know we'll a little regroup at the end. And apologies, not apologies, but I mean, obviously, it's a slightly shorter episode this week. But then you don't get the opportunity to bring this kind of content and share this kind of content very often so you know genuine genuine rock star yes yeah absolutely been there seen it done it rock star without a shadow of a Uh, yeah gene likes to remind everybody they've got more gold records than any other band in the history of gold records (laughs) and you know they've sold over 100 million albums and blah 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 yeah not 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 that he's feeling in any way shape or form you know inadequate or uh, insecure um but um but now let's 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 dive in let's give it let's give it a listen and we'll have a little uh regroup at, at the end but i must admit i am i am a bit jealous um because you cause, were in a meeting you could have come on but you were in a meeting <laughs> yeah i know i know but it was yeah i just yeah uh i think i would scared him i don't know if it have hey, it's bad enough there's the, the screen popping up you know you've done eight hours of zoom and, and it pops up and you end up with a brummie I mean, it's even worse if you get. I mean, I'd have just chewed his ear about Brexit, um, you know. So uh, it was probably better I wasn't there. I, know, but, I have to say though, actually, um, Dorothy's PR, uh, lovely, um, sent through um, or arranged for me to have the album in advance. It comes out next week, I think, nineteenth of March, I think. Um, and I, I was genuinely really surprised. Um, just how good particularly the songs that he'd written what was really weird was though that i could really tell apart from one of them i could really tell which ones he'd written mm. but that's a very long time of listening to kiss i think it's it, yes that's a little anarchy nerdy isn't it yeah sorry yeah. No, it's okay <laughs> well we'll we'll crack on uh, and and uh, the two of you will be chatting in a second and we'll we'll regroup at the end Paul Stanley, welcome to 9 to 42. It's lovely to have you here. It's a pleasure to be there with uh, somebody who also appreciates uh, good musical instruments. <laughs> so I, I, we should talk about the new album. Um, it, it comes out on March the 19th, I believe. Um, but I was right. fortunate enough to get a copy of it today. I've been listening to it all day. Uh, congratulations. I, I think what astounded me the most was how the original songs fit in so well to the rest of them i i uh 
I take a lot of pride and, and satisfaction in uh, people saying to me it's seamless. And um, I really think that uh, the um, classic songs are such great roots that um, there's no need for new and improved songs. There's just, um, there was a desire for new songs, but of the same bloodline. So um, I love that many, many people say, gee, it's seamless. It's hard to tell what's what. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, I was, um, because when I got the, the files through, I didn't know, um, obviously I knew a lot of the songs like Temptations and so on, but uh, I had to look up o, uh, IOI. I was yeah. like, oh, blimey, that, that's actually one of yours. Whereas Save Me, I, I knew instantly that was one of your songs. I don't know how, it's probably 40 years of listening to Kiss, to be honest, but it just, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was really pleased. So how did that come about? Has this been a kind of like a COVID recording project? No, um, Soul Station started about five years ago. Yeah. And um, I'm somebody who's very, very rooted in that music. Um, uh, as much as people may tend to associate me with hard rock or um, being influenced by British rock, you know, the, the greats, um, I actually saw Otis Redding when I was in my teens. I saw Solomon Burke, uh, The Temptations. Um, my music uh, was very much rooted in that too. So mm. my, the foundation of what I do is pretty diverse. Um, and uh, perhaps because my public uh, presentation has been one aspect, uh, people are surprised. But in fact, I've always sung this. I've just sung it at home. <laughs> yeah, I just—I mean, I was—I was listening to it, and it, and your voice is—it's—it's um, it's a different voice that you're using now. But in some ways, I was listening to it, and, and it kind of reminded me in parts of the voice that was used on a mast or something. So it's not something that you've mm-hmm. never done before. It just—it mm-hmm. just—it just feels very different from the vast majority of the back back catalogue. Yeah. You... yeah. Well, it's—it's. It's certainly a different intensity mm. it's dialed down and um, um it's drawing on different influences um but um voices and writing that have influenced me as much as anything else so um again it, it's uh it's not new to me although singing these songs is almost like threading a needle it, it's it it calls for a certain precision, but not precision at the at the expense of passion. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather it not be perfect and have emotion than uh, beat it to death. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned sort of the writing process. How 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 was that different uh, this time? Because I'm. I get the impression that some of these songs weren't written on a guitar. I don't know. Do you play the piano or? That's a, that's a very, very astute point. Um, all those great songs that we, we've grown to love were pretty much written on piano. So I had to think piano, although I was playing guitar. Right, okay. So the, the chords and the, the sequences, the changes, were more piano-based, and then the voicings were, were changed to piano voicings. So... Um, I, I was writing with piano in mind because of, of 
those songs. And it was very natural for me because uh, whether we were doing shows, Soul Station was doing shows or recording or just socializing. We spend a lot of time together and we love hanging out and spending time together. So when I wrote songs, it was only natural that they would sound like those songs. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, you know, just, just looking at music from that perspective. That's all. Oh, right. Okay. So do you, are you playing the guitar on the album? I, I play a few rhythm parts and I actually play a couple of licks on uh, tracks of my tears, but I was, I wanted to leave the guitar playing to Raphael, to, to our guitar player and, and be the singer and, and think of myself in, in that capacity. But um, uh, when we would be cutting tracks, sometimes the feel was in, um, was in the rhythm. So I would play uh, sometimes acoustic rhythm Yeah. Uh, when we were cutting basic tracks, just to, to show where the accents were. Okay, so um, I, talking of guitars, you mentioned before we started recording your, your 59 burst. Um, mm. uh, it's kind of, uh, I've got a, a Greco copy here that I had finished, right. had finished to look like Keith's um, Exile burst. Uh, how good yeah. are 59s really? I've never had the chance to play one. Well, um, you know, speaking uh with I'm sure one of both our, our heroes. Um, one night I was talking with Jimmy Page about vintage guitars and saying, you know, there is a blanket myth that's kind of associated that they're all magical guitars and they really weren't. Yeah. Um, there were some stunners, um, amazing sounding magical guitars. But when I could and was collecting uh, vintage guitars. I turned down bursts. I turned down 58s and 59s because they just weren't that good. But there is something magical. Um, but I, I, I think you're, you do yourself a disservice if you think you can only get that out of, uh, you know, the the heralded and magical, <laughs> myth- mythical guitars because um, I've, I've played guitars that were were new um that were amazing and i have to say that um relicking if done properly can also enhance that um uh relicking shouldn't make your guitar look like you dragged it behind the truck (laughs) no Um, so um yeah vintage guitars there are some that are magical and stunning but i i also believe that uh, it's possible you may not have that same uh, mythical uh, persona added to it, but um, if you get great old seasoned wood in the hands of the right uh, luthier, you can turn out, you know, guitars that are on par with those guitars. Do you find it freeing not having guitar engineer when you're performing with Soul Station? Is that a very different <clears throat> physical experience? Yes, very much so. Um, I um, I loved Steve Marriott. Yeah, who doesn't? And, you know, seeing Humble Pie was uh, 
was it, you know, a, a game changer for me because here was this lead singer with this, this epiphone, you know, mm. or, or this, uh, Les Paul around his neck, just preaching the gospel, you know, and, uh, so I, I very much identified with that. Um, but I've always also really identified with lead singers, whether it's uh, Sam Cooke or Rod Stewart, you know, or, yeah. or, you know. So the idea of putting the guitar down actually was freeing in a way because it, it all I focus on is, is singing. You know, I perform... That's just in my blood, you know. Do I stand still? I don't know how to stand still. <laughs> I, when um, I was recording some vocals and I couldn't get it at all, and the engineer came in and put my guitar back around my neck, and he said, "You stand yeah. differently when you got a guitar on." And like yeah. that, first take, vocals done. It is it's weird how it kind of like moves your body completely, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I think you have a different stance. I think it's more. Um, your muscles flex, mm. you know, and, and you're you're more in attack mode when you have that guitar around your neck. So, um, talking of guitars, I did notice on um, some of your social media posts, you've got a new Ibanez uh, vintage. Yeah. yeah, I I am, you know, I I have my my PS the PS tens which I've had since the seventies, mm. and those are. Just fabulous, fabulous guitars. I mean, having nothing to do with me uh, per se. Um, they were really based a- as far as um, the the um, diameter of the neck and and the pitch and everything was really based on some of my old Gibsons. So <laughs> it really, it's very much. It's a classic guitar. I mean, if you play it. And you don't know what it is, or, or you don't look at it, you could think it's a lot of other guitars. Mm. So, um, that being said, I just felt like, gee, wouldn't it be great to have something that's a little bit more classic looking in terms of going more towards the Les Paul look? Yeah. So, uh, um, I had them build a prototype, and it's great. It's uh, it feels different. Um, I do think that what your guitar looks like when you're playing it can affect how you approach it. I completely and, agree. You know, so um, I do remember, interestingly enough, I remember stepping on stage during the 70s uh, for sound checks uh, in, in uh, the UK, and I, I, I had a 58 burst with me. And, you know, I just felt like, you know, um, I had come off of Olympus. You know, <laughs> I, I, I had I had the the weapon of the gods. So I, I do believe that um, that uh, which guitar you play and what you play it for really does a it does affect you. And um, it's not just the sonics, and it's not just the feel of it, but it's the look of it. Oh, completely. Moving on, because I know I haven't got much time. I noticed that um, Evan's got a single out this week as well. Um, I saw Evan supporting you at the National Indoor Arena in Birmingham a couple of years ago. And I was really disappointed that when we went back to the merch stand, all the CDs had sold out. Um, 
yeah, you must be quite a, a proud dad sort of moment when your your son's out there. He's an amazing young man in that um, he has no sense of entitlement. Yes, um, I, I had him do those shows uh, as an opportunity. They worked hard, and I thought it would be invaluable. But my Evan has no sense of being owed anything. And in fact, until he went to university, he was delivering food for a, for a, a delicatessen, you know, for a deli. So he works daily. Um, he's a phenomenal guitar player. And yet he has moved away from what he was initially doing. Um, uh, I said to him, you know, if you're purely going to play the blues, um, I think there's only room for Joe Bonamassa and then everybody else is kind of relegated to playing clubs or something, you know? I mean, Joe is just, there's Joe and then there's the other guys. So, and I said, you know, if you don't sing, you're always going to be looking for a singer. And if you don't have songs, you'll always be looking for the song. So he's really developed tremendously as, as an all around you know, musician and, and uh, he's, he's certainly not Frank Sinatra Jr. You know, he's not out there being, being, being me all over again. No, not at all. Um, so I, I suppose that was it. I, you know, how, how's lockdown treated you? Are you, are you okay? I see you're out on your bike a couple of times a week and, and so on. I mean, I think California, I'm assuming you're in California at the yeah. moment. It's been, um, sort of a very different lockdown, I think, to the UK's, which has been quite hard. I mean, we're allowed out of the house for an hour a day at the moment. Well, um, certainly the weather is, is, is better out here. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, we've had times where um, the, the rise in, in uh, infection rates has... has uh, made it necessary to shut things down. So, um, you know, that, that's been, been uh, an issue. It's hard to complain when millions of people have died, yeah. you know, and people have lost their loved ones. So for me to say I'm inconvenienced, well, so be it. You know, I, I, I'm more concerned with making sure that I do my part to keep other people safe. Yeah, absolutely. And we're back. And that was Jace chatting to Paul Stanley. And you might have noticed it was rather an abrupt ending. Now, you can view this a couple of ways. You can think this is Jace's skill as an interviewer and podcaster and a bit of his ability to record audio. Um, or actually you can have the truth, which is that the Zoom audio went a bit wobbly and we lost the last answer. But you asked him one more question, didn't you? I did, yeah. I, I asked him if we were likely to see Soul Station in the UK. And he said, well, he didn't say anything. He just put his fingers up to the screen, which doesn't help on a podcast to say, uh, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed, yes. Um, and then... Um, his two handlers had kind of um, come back onto the screen, which was obviously telling me that, you know, I've basically had double the time I was supposed to and it was time to end it, which is, you know, fair enough. I got 
you know, I was told I'd got no more than 10 minutes and I ended up with, I think, 18 and a half minutes by the time I'd hit stop on the recording. So I was quite pleased. But I guess anything to do with the new band will have to work in within Kiss because they're still yeah they're still trying to finish their you know last last time around yeah tour, their, aren't they? their last uh, hurrah around the world the end of the road tour which I think still got about 150 dates to go they're playing in Australia towards the end of this year um, but I can't imagine they're going to be doing anything between now and then um, no. So yeah, I mean, you know, they they're not young anymore, and running around with all that stuff on them, you know, those outfits is is hard work. You know, they're all mm. kind of sixties pushing seventy. So um, it, this can't go on forever. It just physically can't go on forever. But actually, we did. You know, we we said in the interview that how liberated he felt um, not playing the guitar and just being the singer. And I think, you know, if I'd have had more time, I'd have asked him. You know, was he liberating to not have to be wearing spandex and seven-inch heels as well? Uh, because yeah. that can't be easy when you're 69, 70, whatever he is. No. Must be hell on the uh, ankles. Well, he's had... Um, I think he's had both hips replaced, which doesn't surprise me at all. And uh, and surgery on his shoulder uh, many times. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody can ever deny that they don't give it their all when they're on stage. Yeah. The only one of all of them, I think, that probably is is somewhat miraculous for his age is Jagger. Yeah, um, because he's he's a force of nature. Um, you know, I think I think in terms of being his age, I think he's he, he's just like in ridiculous shape. But I think probably everybody else has probably had two or three new bits added. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've seen Jagger several times on stage, and he's. I always thought he was the kind of weak link in the stones until i saw them live and and then you realize just how phenomenal he is and then that that skill of holding an audience in the palm of your hand something that paul stanley has as well is something that's just learned over time i think and um you know once you've been doing it for a very long time it must become a whole lot easier but uh, jagger was so charismatic and you know, never stop moving. And I know we can all watch those silent Mick Jagger um, sort of like Facebook clips of him and he looks utterly ridiculous when there's no music behind him. But actually, when you go and see them, it's incredible. Hmm. I was watching um, I was watching a, um, a couple of recent live clips of Gimme Shelter um, and only this week, actually, and was absolutely blown away with uh, that must be a favorite of the band now but i think it's it's because of the backing band it's because of what well, it's because of lisa yeah. fisher who who just the, her vocals on that are just astonishing beyond astonishing uh i mean it's as much of her song i mean there's loads of stuff in the in the comments that were just saying you know lisa and her backing band but i mean to a certain extent in that track that's what it is she is just unbelievable and it's nice that they've carried on developing live because of the band they've got. It's really moved some of the material mm. on. Um, I, I, I know. I don't you know. want bands to go and play the CD or what would have been the record back then live. I want them to do something different with it. Otherwise, yeah. I'll just stay home and listen to the CD. Listen to the CD. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Um, it's been a, a it, <laughs> what a treat. What a treat. 
to get Paul Stanley on the podcast. It was a massive treat, um, slightly surreal. Um, mm. And, you know, this wouldn't have happened without COVID. So, you know, it's not all bad, is it? No, it's not all bad at all. And uh, and next time we're um, we're going to be speaking to Daryl Hyde. We are. We? Um, I've known Daryl. I wouldn't say I know it, but um, we met initially. Uh, we worked it out, and we think it was uh, about fourteen years ago um, at the NEC when I was running Music Live. Um, he was there demoing the PV Rockingham guitar that he'd had a hand in designing uh, with Ken, who was the managing director of PV UK. And and PV's PV stand used to be right outside my office at the NEC, and um, so uh, uh, the noise of sort of like ten thousand people a day in that hall was just phenomenal. Um, but actually, when Daryl started to play, it was so nice and so different. Uh, mm. And um, I've been trying to get him to the guitar show as well, so hopefully we might do that for the next one. Uh, and I have dates. Mm. I have dates. Spoke. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah, that. I got to the venue uh, yesterday. Um, so I said, "How are you?" And they were like, "Bored." How are you? Yeah, bored. Um, they've started taking bookings from the summer onwards in a sort of socially distanced capacity, but um, we're going to wait and see what it goes. But we've got the twenty sixth and the twenty seventh of Feb, twenty twenty two, penciled in. So it actually feels like there's an, an end date now and something to work towards. So. Um, Really no, looking forward brilliant. to that. Oh, and um, Blessed Simon Bartholomew emailed me the other day as well. And he said, do you still want me to perform at the guitar show? So, oh. yes, I do. I'll tell you what, we need a word with him. Because if he's still not managed to get that bloody solo album out <laughs> after having a, a year in lockdown, then it's never no. coming out. So, uh, you know, it, it needs to be out by now, Simon. If you're listening, Simon, it should be out by now. You've had You've had bloody nine months. <laughs> Of doing nothing, so no excuses. So we ought to, we ought to check in and see if he's made any progress. Um, and finally, I suppose, actually, just before we finally wrap, uh, thanks to everybody that joined us for the uh, the live session that we did yeah. as part of um, as, as part of not the guitar show. Um, and I, don't, I originally we thought we might try and get some of that audio out, but I'm not. I don't know if it'll work necessarily. Um, but I think what we will do is we'll follow up with a couple of the people who dropped in and do podcasts with them. Yeah, we'll talk to um, Laura again. Yeah. Um, um, she was lovely. Um, you know, our listeners, uh, Ian and Craig in Canada. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Craig, your T-shirt's on the way. Um, finally. <laughs> well, actually... I, I, it'd be quite nice. I think we should see if Ian's up for an episode because I think I thought Ian, Ian was really, really, you know, uh, really funny, really interesting, really wired into that scene as well, mm. uh, north of the border. So I think it'd be a real nice episode to 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 get more involved in in that because it's a very particular music scene up there and it's produced a lot of good bands. There's always been a lot of really good bands come out of um, you know have come out around sort of uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, sort of. And that part of the world, uh, and it is a particular scene in its own right. So it, it'd be nice to get Ian's take on it because I bet he knows a lot of the people who, who are sort of in and around what's going on in that part of the world. Yes, and he very kindly offered to put pedal steel on some of my tracks. So, yes, yes. So we yeah. need to have him on. Yeah, we'll do that as well. Right. In which case, I'll see you All next right, time. See ya. Bye bye.
Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Thank you.